Well, there's just one game left in the 2021 NPL Queensland season, and I'm pretty sure we've seen this match up at least once or twice before. Welcome to another of the Brisbane Football News NPL Sunday Show. It's Scott Nanner with you. As always, Adam, semi-final weekend is in the books, and it was two different games, but two really good and enjoyable games. Yeah, look, it, it was, um, yeah, a, a good, you know, as expected with the semi-finals, uh, two very tense uh uh, matches, matchups, and uh, yeah, look, uh, I think maybe the result in the uh, second semi final may be a bit flaring, but you know, then again, you know, it's a case of we knew what we were going to expect from all the four teams. They put on uh, two very, very high quality games. Absolutely. Coming up on the show tonight, we will hear from all four coaches involved in the semi finals this weekend, as well as talk about briefly the FQPL 2 playoff. But we will start off with the MPL men's semi finals and we'll go right back to the first semi final on Friday night between. The Premier's Peninsula Power and fourth place Lions SC. And speaking of matchups we've seen before, Adam, we saw this matchup 12 months ago with these two sides in the semi finals. Lions went up to AJ Kelly Park and did the business, and they repeated the trick this year. Not quite as convincingly. It was only a 1 0 win this year with a goal from Ethan Docking in the 92nd minute, but what an unbelievable matchup this was. Uh, yes, it was. Um, this is a high-quality match. Uh, just when it looked like that both teams had played to a stalemate in regulation time, Ethan Doherty, who I thought you know, was the man of the match for mine, um, it, would, but the, it would actually be the one to pop up to uh, score the winner in the 92nd minute. Absolutely. Could everyone uh, surprised that Ethan Doherty playing as a centre-back for the entire game, popping up centre-forward at a crucial moment with a, an unbelievable finish to get the win and it was a game where both sides had plenty of chances. We'll go talk about Peninsula Power later on, but both sides had chances in this game, didn't they? Where it could have been, if they take their chances, it could have been a three-all classic. But it was a, it was one of those games that, despite those chances being there, it was it was always tight and it was always tense, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just typical finals football uh, that the, these games will be decided on moments, and uh, and neither, neither team realistically took their chances. A few, a few chances actually. In fact, that you know players that you would expect to absolutely bury it, you know, during the regular season. That the, the I guess you turn up the the pressure knob that one more notch up to semi final level, and uh, yeah, it's just a fault. And, and you know, players of the of the of uh, Andy Pangeli and Max Mickler at the other end, you know, had some one wonderful chances that uh, they couldn't convert. Absolutely. Chances that over the course of the regular season, they probably would have taken in another game. But yeah, it was a, it was really even, wasn't it? Both sides had their moments in the game where they were had on top in it. But it just seemed to me that the possession and the territory was just being shaded a little bit by lines over the course of the game. And they seemed to have the better of the play. Is that the way you kind of read it? Yeah, look, I think Lions, um, they, they went into... I guess the game plan, they they need to jump out first. They needed to sort of take control of the game. I think Power, especially since uh, later in the season, I think they've they've been happy to um, to concede that possession and also back their defence as far as um, as far as trying to to counterattack on them. But um, yeah, look, uh, one thing is clear is that uh, Lions have no fear of going to AJ Kelly Park and getting a result. No, they clearly very much like going to AJ, AJ Clear Park, don't they? With three wins in a row up on the peninsula, it's certainly a home away from home for them. But it, we mentioned, I think we mentioned on the show last week, if not last week, a couple of weeks ago, that these when these two sides play, you can typically expect goals. Now, we didn't see those in abundance on Friday, but we certainly saw a lot of challenges thrown in. It was a lot of really strong challenges in there, a couple which certainly raised the eye, didn't they? Yeah, so one in particular, uh, Ethan Doherty, uh, made which look it was yeah I think what we described it there it was an orange card I think almost that it's probably it was probably maybe uh you wouldn't be, be shocked if the referee had shown red but yeah you know, it was definitely it was like it was I laid down was there yellow uh and, and yeah I think as as it turned out sort of you know as far as consistency across the two games it become would become sort of you now a talking point uh but we'll discuss that later on we'll talk about the other semi-final yeah we'll get to that later on it wasn't the only what challenge in the game as well I think it was a couple Lewis Greenwood had one on Zach Maltby towards the end of the game which was probably equally equally harsh but just final thoughts on the actual match we'll talk about the two and the team fairness did you think that it will go into extra time because I, I certainly thought that extra time was where we were heading. I mean, it was that tight, wasn't it? It was always going to be one moment, but I didn't think it would happen in normal time. Yeah, no, I, I thought for sure we'll go in extra time. I think we were preparing 
um, our coverage as such that thinking, okay, we're going extra time. It's going to be a a, a late night uh, with with a late seven forty five kickoff. It was I thought we were in for a very late night, and then uh, Ethan Docky popped up to uh, score the winner. Absolutely. As we transition into talking about lines, we'll probably preview the grand final later on in the show. But the the it went pretty well from there. They came they seemed to come through pretty unscathed in terms of injuries. They didn't have Marty Asimic. He came off against the Raw the week before, so he made, he wasn't available on Friday night, but seemed to get through unscathed, which is something we haven't really seen in NPL semifinals. There always seemed to be somebody who picks up an injury that rules them out of the grand final, but thankfully both teams got through, who, who progressed, got through relatively unscathed this weekend. Yeah, given the, the intensity and the physicality that the, the, um, these games are played at, these, these semifinals, and this is not just dead, not just this year, but in previous years, um, yeah, it's it almost um, it's almost a miracle that there that, that they will probably that Lions will go into the grand final on Saturday night um, with not many injuries that have come out of that game. I think Matthew Simic is going to be a, um, I think that's going to be a, a close call whether he plays or not. But other than that, there was the Apparently there was concern before the game about Ethan Doherty, but uh, look, his game suggests that he'll be fine. Uh, so, so yeah, look, uh, I think that they'll, they'll be very, very happy to go through that unscathed and, um, and pretty much have a full squad to choose from for um, for the cider. Absolutely. We haven't spoken about Ethan Doherty on this show enough yet, because he was, to me, the best player on the field on, on Friday night, not just with the goal, but he's, some of the last-ditch blocks he made to, to deny Andy Pengelly and others in that front row for power clear strikes on goal. He was clearly the standout player. He was everywhere for the Lions, wasn't he? And he was absolutely a rock at the back and popped up with a great finish. Yeah, he um it's a player that you know, obviously started out as a defensive midfielder, but obviously due to injuries and uh sort of uh, other other concerns of change of formation as well, he's he's uh he's become sort of you know a, a special centre back and uh the way he's played, especially sort of later in the season, you know, while um while the yeah, Lions. So when they won that nine-match winning run, that pretty much put them into the finals. Uh, pitcher. Uh, yeah, he was almost unsung hero at the back. And uh, and yeah, look, you would think that he's been he has been a centre back for you know most of his career, and the way he's adapted to that, and it, it's been a I think a brilliant sort of asset for um, Darren Simon and his squad to to have. Absolutely, absolutely need him at the back this year. He's been a rock for them. They'll need him once again next week now. I mentioned we have we have got audio from all four coaches. Let's hear what the coach of Lions, I see Darren Simon, say after they progressed to back-to-back NPL Queensland Grand Finals with a one the win over Peninsula Power on Friday night. Uh, we're done with the coach of Lions, Darren Simon. Darren won the winners over Power in the semi-final through to the, the Grand Final once again. You left it late though, didn't you? Absolutely. Um, I think it could have gone either way in the end. I think a lot of the, but, you know, both sets of players were out on their feet. Both teams were pushing for that goal um, and it was... It was the team that was going, you know, take the uh, take that chance, that crucial chance, and I'm glad Ethan got up and, and buried it. It was a tight, tense game. What was it like to be involved in? Um, yeah, there's a lot of emotion out there. Obviously, Peninsula they've had a fantastic year, um, and and I think them going into the final and would have been the cherry on top. But um, you know, we've got a group of players that are really hungry too. Um, they're uh, it's a dressing room full of winners and uh, yeah it was always going to be a tight battle you had a lot of good chances in the first half so did they what did you say at half time to try and get the side over the line yeah oh, I think you know in our style of play I think we moved away from that a little bit we didn't back ourselves in in that first half so once we got our dangerous players on the ball in space um, I think we looked more comfortable and saying that they came out in the second half and pressed really really well and made it hard for us so it was, uh, you know, tactically, it was an interesting game. It was. That's the third straight win here at Ajikali's Park. You like this place, don't you? Yeah, it's a great facility. The, the surface is beautiful. It's, yeah. it's perfect to, to playing our style of football. So, you know, we're very happy to come here. So then finally, um, second semi-final on Sunday, Olympic against Brisbane. I'm sure you'll have a keen eye on that matchup at Goodwin Park. Yes, I was hoping to go watch our under-23s, um, you know, their semi-final over at Morton Bay, but I'll have to uh, head over to Goodwin Park now to, to watch that. Congratulations and good luck in the grand final next week. Thanks, gentlemen. So that was the coach of the victorious Lions FC there, Darren Simon. We'll move on to talk about potential power now, Adam. And they had their chances in this game, didn't they? We mentioned Andy Pengale had two really good chances in the second half, a couple of others for other players in that team as well. I mean, they will be, they'll be ruining the fact they didn't take their chances, won't they? 
Yeah, I think that from a potential power aspect, I think that that's the theme that comes out of this defeat. You take your chances, you win this game. I think uh, that's that's semi-final football in a nutshell. Uh, th- like I said, I think especially with these the four sides that participated in the semi-finals, there were never going to be any, uh, you know, any clear sort of, you know, I guess ability or, you know, they're, they're all pretty much, you know, a win on any given day or night. And, and yeah, that, that's what, what it comes down to. Uh, Lions had, had one chance to seal it at the end, they took it, and, they, and uh, they're the ones uh, moving on to um, to the Parc de Prix next week. They will be at the Parc de Prix next week for, in a couple of games, actually, they're under 18 to qualify on Friday night mm. as well, so there'll be a hefty Lions presence at Parc de Prix next week. But for Peninsula Power, again, they've had such a great season, haven't they? They're back-to-back premiers in the NPL Queensland. It's an amazing achievement to to do that, but it's just in the semi-finals the last, couple, last three years, really, it has, hasn't quite fallen for them, I think, back to the game against Knights in 2019. They had had their chances in that game. They were coming home strong, couldn't quite get over the line. Obviously, 2020 against Lions was a bit of a disappointment for them, but they had their chances on Friday night in this year. So it's just not quite falling for them in the final series, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting um, sort of I guess uh, paradigm for for Peninsula Power. Like as as you said that you know two straight years as premiers, uh, look they're the best they're the best team over the league season. There, there's absolutely no question. No one will deny them of that aspect. But uh, for, as is you know in Australian sport, I guess you know you sort of do sort of wonder you know can they get the job done on any given night, especially in a cutthroat semi-final situation. And uh, yeah, three semi-final defeats now. Um, look, I'll let the judgment for others to uh, work on that because at the end of the day, I always say that you know semi-finals are a new season. You just cannot rely, especially as close as the MPL uh, competition has been for the last I guess three or four years. Um, yeah, it's it's no it's no gimme that you finish first and have home field that you're you're going to get the job done. It's, it's no it's not an easy ride, and uh, I think uh, yeah again it's a case of uh, potential power falling at the hurdle. But I think as well I think you know being two time premiers obviously that will suit that pain somewhat. But I reckon you know deep down there might be that um, I guess that thought of you know can we get it done in the big games and actually get to a grand final. It certainly seems to be the case, actually. We'll talk about this now. The teams who finish first in the regular season, it should absolutely be applauded, by the way. It's a, it's an amazing achievement. It's, it should, mm. probably should be celebrated more than it's obviously grand finals in this country are the, are considered to be the ultimate champion. But the premiership is absolutely something to be seriously celebrated. But the teams who seem to win the premiership, Adam, they don't tend to go on and make the grand final. Power, obviously, the last two years haven't done it. Lions, the year before that, they lost to Olympic after finishing top of the table. I remember Brisbane Strikers a couple of years in a row when they yep. finished at the top of the table didn't quite get to the grand final either. So it's not a foregone conclusion. It is a separate season and and teams who, who haven't necessarily had the greatest se- regular season by their expectations or standards, if they peak at the right time, can get through. And we've certainly seen that a number of times in the NPL Queensland. Yeah, look, I was just just trying to do it in my head. Um, now that you brought it up, you know, there's the stats far as the premier going on to doing the double. And um, look, I don't think it has been. I don't think it's been done in the last uh, six seasons, at least. I I'll have to check the records. I think going Lions back did it in 2018 was the only time. Ah, yes, yeah, that's the only exception. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that that great Warren Moon coached um, Lions team in 2018. But yeah, look, even um, even five of the last six premiers have failed. To, to go on with it. that That's um, a remarkable stat, which, look, it's not, I don't think there's anything you can say. I don't think you can accuse the premiers of of that year, say, oh, that, you know, they've taken the, the um, you know, they're off the ball or anything like that. It might be just the case of they become a target. And, um, and yeah, like I said, the team, the team that faced them in the, usually the team that's finishing fourth, uh, somehow, some way, they, they find a way to, to topple the, the, the number one seed. So, it's just one of those things, I think, there's idiosyncrasies in the NPL, which I guess, you know what, it's it's a great thing because uh, you look you look at the other side in the, in the women's, uh, being the number one seed almost guarantees you. So, so yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's something, yeah, it's, it's unexplainable, but you know what, I think it's a great thing. Absolutely, second's not a sure bet either to get there, given in the NPL Queensland, either, given they, they, those teams haven't made it either, but we'll hear, let's hear from what, Let's hear from the assistant coach, Principal Ben, right now on on his side's defeat on Friday night and the season as a whole. 
I've been joined by the assistant coach, principal Ben Ryan. Ben lost right at death. There was a high-quality game, but how do you begin to sum up your thoughts after that? Um, obviously, we're disappointed we didn't go through, but um, I thought it was a, probably a good game to watch for Peoples. A few tackles went in, and um, I think one goal was always going to was always going to win it. And obviously, when they score that late, there's not much you can do to, to, to get back in you know, so. It was a really tight game in the first half. What did you say at half-time when the game was right, right in the balance? So? Just be a bit braver. I think when we when we got on the ball and, and played through them, uh, we were probably uh, causing them more problems. So we just said you've got to be brave, got to get on the ball, got to look to play through balls from, from higher up the park. And I thought second half, I thought we were much better. Um, did you sense you were getting on top of them at all in the second half? Though? Yeah, but I think there was, there was moments in the half that it swung. I think they probably had spells, we had spells. Um, we've had we've had a couple of chances. We, you know, if we take one of them, I think as I say, the first goal or the, the you know one goal was always going to win it. So, um, but yeah, it's it's killer to lose it so late. And just finally, it's been another really great good season here for Peninsula Abbott. How much of a bad taste in the mouth does it leave just falling that step short of the grand final once again? Um, we still got the C beside our name. We're still champions, so I, I can live with that. Uh, it's nice to go through it in the grand finals and compete in them, but. Start the year you set out to win the league, and I think that's the that's the, that's the main thing for me. That was the assistant coach there, Principal Ben Ryan. Thanks, Ben, for taking time to talk to us on Friday night and over the course of the entire season. We'll move on now to semi-final two, which was at Goodwin Park on Sunday night. Adam between the second place Brisbane Roar Academy and the third place Olympic FC. That they're the home side playing away from home in that, that one, but. It was a great start for Olympic. It was a 3-0 win, actually, in the end of goals from Dan Lex, Steve White, and Isaka Cernak. But a great start for Olympic scoring in just the, the 13th second of the game. It was, I don't, don't think they all touched the ball before the before 1-0 downward, had they? No, no. I actually um, I, I actually had a look at the vision uh, just before we came to record this, and that is exactly correct. Uh, Brisbane Raw did not touch the ball before the ball's in the back of the net. That was that was uh, how clinical that play was. And look, that's just an amazing start. Um, you know, it is, I think it is the quickest goal I've ever seen uh, watching a game live and seen a lot of games live over his last few years. Um, yeah, that, that was just that was just out of nowhere. And uh, a sensational shot by Dan Leck. That that's uh that's probably he he's a and he's a player that is accustomed to scoring a spectacular goal here and there. But in the context of this game, that one that one was yeah, up there with the best because that really just shocked everyone. Um yeah and it, it's uh, it got the crowd going after 13 seconds basically. And it was a big crowd there at Goodwin Park as well, a predominantly Olympic-based crowd as well. But it was the perfect start for them, wasn't it? They were able to go on as well. The Raw ended up finishing with 10 men. Sam Klein was sent off midway through the first half. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just with with the the game as a whole, Adam, it was the Olympic were, pretty, were ahead the whole game, both in terms of the scoreboard and just the way the game was trending, weren't they? Yeah, look, uh, it'd, it'd be up for debate as far as uh, whether... The red card changed the game as far as momentum goes. I know Raw were coming back into it and probably had one or two chances before that. But uh, look, on a whole, um, while it's hard to judge what would have happened beyond that, you, you're sort of definitely dealing with with hypotheticals. But uh, look, on whole, I, I thought I thought Olympic were were brilliant tonight. I thought defensively, Jack Glover, Zach Anderson. Um, uh, I was just sorry, I've had middle block. Danny Driver. Uh, Danny Driver. Yeah. I always Matt forget Monday. Danny for some reason. How I, I can you forget Danny Driver? Anyway. Yeah, you shouldn't forget his hair. And uh and Matt Mundy. Uh yeah, that that back four, they were just they were just superb tonight. Uh and look, that, that's why I put a question mark of, you know, when you say, Oh, that red card did change the game. Look, to be honest, I didn't get the impression that the Raw were going to score tonight. Um, there's, there's another reason why I think they looked very, very, we'll very get to that. attack. But, 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 um, but yeah, look, I just think that that was the, the platform that was set after Dan Dan Leck's goal uh, after 13 seconds. That, that defense just just locked it down. I think they're to mind. They're they're sort of they're the credit to um, to uh, Olympic success tonight. They did. They just did what they needed to do. Didn't they? they got the early goal. They and even with the man advantage, they just played the way they wanted to play. They created a couple of opportunities. They scored their goals in the second half to put the game away. But they just had the game on lockdown, didn't they? It seemed like that way. Yeah, the Raw had a couple of good opportunities, particularly in the first half, with Luis Zabala having a couple of shots from distance. But 
it, they just didn't create the normal Brisbane Raw chances that you'd expect from that we've seen from them all year long, did they? And although they've had good success against Olympic this season at Goodwin Park, but it seemed like the Olympic had learned from that in from previous meetings and had a different approach tonight, and it worked really well for them. Yeah, I think I think so. That that might be that might be a triumph for the um, for the coaching staff as far as you know doing doing their research, uh, learning from their mistakes. Because yeah, this game was nothing like the first two, where the Raw were allowed to sort of you know sort of to chip away and attack and sort of really sort of get stand back and um, sort of absorb pressure. And uh, yeah, they they were, they were made to pay for it. But uh, tonight, yeah, it, like I said, it did not look like the Raw were going to score from open play tonight. They may have got a penalty or, you know, you know a set piece, something like that. But from open play, uh, Olympic were just, just way too strong tonight. They were. Now we're going to bring back it. nobody's favourite semi-regular game show, Adam. Red card or not a red card? Sam Klein was obviously shown a red card midway through the second half. We didn't have the greatest view of it given, given our vantage point at Goodwin Park. But it seemed like, from my point of view, I thought, it was probably I would have probably given a yellow card for it, particularly given some of the challenges I'd seen over the course of the weekend in the game on Friday night and the game on Saturday in the FQPL two playoff. But what's your thoughts on it? Could you un- could you could you have given that as a red card, or do you think it w- a yellow would have sufficed? Uh, look, I, I my opinion is is that I would have been comfortable with the yellow card. I think, and it's very very strongly worded warning because it was it was one of those challenges where uh, Sam Klein. Lost the ball and he was trying to re to trying to sort of you know, regather it. and he's just he's just missed and taken Dan Lick out. Um, now the question is you know whether it was a uh, race studs you know you know the the force and intent on it that they're they're the ones that you say well you know what this is what the referee has paid for and you know one of the be- better referees uh, in the league in Zach Keenan was uh, officiating on this game and yeah look he pro- he looked like he had a good view of it. Um, it's hard to sort of set standards as far as as you know, oh, compared to a game that on Friday night or whenever. But yeah, I, personally, I would have thought you know, yeah, okay, would suffice. But then again, the referee may have seen something you know, like you know, like a race started dangerous, you know, tackle, and you know, per- perhaps you know, t- tried to take the heat out of the game or you know, it bubbling up if they hadn't if he hadn't uh, been been so because I know the reaction of the Olympic players were not they were not impressed with it so. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame. You know, Sam Klein's had a great season, and yeah, he probably didn't deserve to have his uh, have his season end like that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's where I feel sorry. But I think it's just yeah, for mine, I just think uh, yeah, yellow card. Yeah, I think so. I, I probably would have given yellow cards, although I certainly will admit that Zach Keenan had a far better view of the incident than either of us did. So if he thinks it was clearly a dangerous foul play challenge, then I'll go with him on it. But I, I would have been quite content with the yellow card and it I don't think the game it changed the game though did it I mean the game the pattern of the game was already well established by that point the Raw had a bit of possession and were able to create a few openings and half chances but the Olympic had the game pretty much under control at least from my vantage point anyway so I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that that moment changed the game yeah, no, like, as I, as I said before, the way the way the um, Olympic defence were bossing uh, the raw attack, yeah, it, it would have take, taken a freak, free kick or, you know, win a penalty or something like that that probably could have brought them in the game. And I, and I think Olympic would just, yeah, they were just too strong tonight. I think that's, um, yeah, and that, that starts from from the fence back. And, uh, and yeah, and eventually it, they, they overwhelmed them. Yeah, a set piece or a freak, perhaps from a player who was involved in that. We'll talk about that later on, Adam. We'll talk about Olympic FC first. And again, like Lions, this was almost the perfect result for them, wasn't it? They were able to get through the game, manage the game quite comfortably, and also they were able to take players off with 15 minutes to go. How how rarely do you get the chance to do that in a semi-final takeoff? Key players like a Shannon Brady, a Jack Glover, and even in particular, a Phil Lazam, who's going to be crucial next weekend, to try to get them that 15-minute break and also just to make sure that nothing untoward happens to them, given particularly Olympics history in semi-finals. We've seen some unfortunate incidents. I think it was Alex Smith from memory yep. in two successive years, picked up injuries late on in the grand, in the semi-final. I, I imagine that would have been crossing the mind of the Olympic coaching staff. So to be able to, to, be able to have that luxury to do that sets them up quite nicely, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and also um, Tasuke Sakia was under injury cloud last season going into that, into that final as well. So, yeah, I reckon uh, as soon as the game was at hand, when Cernak um, buried that chance at, at 3-0, um, I reckon uh, I reckon uh, Ben Khan would have said to Richard Greer, get, get our key players off. And I think, and like I said, as as I commented at the, at the ground, you know, when Phil Lasm comes off, it's over. Yeah, it was a, it was officially in the junk time at that point, wasn't yeah. it? When I think Raw also made a triple change at that yeah. point in time, giving the players on their bench a few minutes. So the the game was wandered up at that point. But you mentioned Isaka Sernak, who did score the third goal in the game. We haven't seen too much of him this year, Adam. But it was good to see him get some minutes on the field and pop up with a goal. It might. In, in big games, you need your experienced players to step up. And I'm thinking ahead to next week here with this. He might be important for Olympic in that game, even if it is just a cameo off the bench in the second half. So a bit of confidence for him now with a goal should is really another boost for them, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think um, this season, I think that Saka Cernak, I think he has been the ultimate cameo player. I think he, his experience, yeah, and he has got a lot of experience uh, yeah, around, around the league, uh, in the A-League, and overseas as well, to, to impart on some of those younger guys. I, I think I think, it's a, I think an asset that, that probably it hasn't been spoken about enough uh, about that. And look, it's, it's, very, it's very, as it normally does come out, that experience in big games, such as St. Foss or a grand final next week, could be, could be you know, an edge that uh, that Olympic could rely on next week. Uh, I, I think, yeah, the fact that he has played very, very limited minutes uh, this season, like I said, picked up his first goal in the semi-final for the club. I think, yeah, that's a case of he's a player that I think his asset is his leadership and yeah, his presence more than you know, his ability in actually getting on the score sheet or you know, meaningful stats or whatnot. Absolutely. I asked Ben Khan about Osaka Sanks. Let's hear what the Olympic coach had to say after the game on Saturday night, uh, on Sunday night, beg your pardon, where Olympic qualified for a sixth grand final in nine years and a fourth successive with a 3 0 win over Brisbane Roar. We're talking about the coach Olympic Ben Khan. Ben, 3 0 winners here in the final over Brisbane Roar came through another grand final. He must be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, look, it was. Um... It was an interesting game. I thought that you know we scored obviously before they touched the ball, but then from there uh, they probably got control of the game and we, we tried to tweak some things to, to get it back. But they were really good. There's some really good players. Grossi set them up really well. Uh, obviously the red card you know affected the game. I, I don't know if it was a red or not, uh, but that you know big moments change games. Uh, but from there I thought we managed it really well. Uh, you know we, we we controlled any threat and we we made sure we uh, we got the game done and. Here we go again for next week. Absolutely. We'll look at that in a moment. But on this game here, how important was it to get the first goal? Obviously, it was a really great start for you. But to get in the second one, just after half time, just to really, if there was any idea of them getting back in the game, to really try and put the game to bed. Yeah, the first one's important for us. You know, we kept us now six clean sheets in a row. So we know that if we score first, there's um, you know a good chance that we go on and see the game out. Um, but yeah, that second goal was was you know once we'd scored that, I don't think they were gonna gonna score three from there. A lot of people associate attacking football with Olympic. We've had the best defensive record of these. That's something you really tried to emphasise over the course of the year to be more defensively resolute. Well, we've had to had to find a balance. You know, if you look at last year uh, and and people that we had last year compared to this year, we haven't got Sakia, Corey Saul, Kazuya Ito, uh, Jez Lofthaus, Frederick Aladayenka, Kahinde. So there's six or seven really strong attacking options that were were great for us last year. Uh, we, we've 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 and now obviously. We lost Jesse yep. just before this run home, so we've had to find a way to adapt. And you know, of course, we've um, you know we've we've got really good defensive players, and we've you know we're still trying to control games and play really good football. And I think we've achieved that and found that balance. But yeah, we're definitely building a really strong foundation with that defensive resilience. So good to get some minutes into Sarkis Cernak and getting his first goal for the year. So that's some really good confidence going into next week for him. Yeah, Sarkis has been great. It's been a been a difficult year for him. You know, his his body's um, you know coming to the end and. Uh, he's been he's been great in the group. He's been a great leader. He train, trains so well every week, and every time he comes into the game, he gives us so much energy. And I'm really happy for him that he got to got to uh, score the goal that sealed it today. Absolutely. And just finally, you mentioned uh, here we go again, playing Lions for the third year out of three out of four in the grand final. Thoughts on that matchup? Look, we know we know with grand finals. Um, if you look at 2018, we, we, we were the better team. Um, 
you know, we had some decisions go against us and, and the margins are so small. 2018 nights were, were, were better than us. We didn't, I don't think we deserved that one. But you look at last year, we were the better team. We, we were three penalties not given. Um, and, you know, that... Um, yeah, so we know that, you know, I think uh, other than today of the six finals games, so seven including today, but of the other six finals games we've had since I've been here, they've all been decided by one goal. So you, you know it's close, you know it's tense and it comes down to big moments, whether that's from players, the officials, whatever it might be. But we'll prepare well, we'll give our best and we'll see what happens. Sorry, and just finally, um, you've just been in three grand finals in a row. Will you also change anything this week about the way you prepared for the previous three going into this one we'll prepare you look preparation wasn't the problem in previous years it's small moments small details um as in two of the three grand finals big decisions for that were out of our control so you know we'll keep everybody relaxed we'll we'll enjoy the week of training it's an amazing achievement for everybody involved i'm so proud that we're there again and people that people you know there'll be people that have their opinions on on the grand finals but people that need to know that are inside then they know how close we've come and how well we've played and we'll prepare to do the same again Great on the win tonight and good luck going forward next week in the Grand Finals. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. That was a very happy coach of Olympic FC, Ben Kahn there. And Adam, we'll move on to talk about the Brisbane Raw here. And this game just didn't go right from right from minute one, did it? They, there was a lot of effort and endeavour in them. And they played the sort of football that they like to play. It just didn't quite work for them, did it? No, and I think it's it's a case of, I think for any side of a big game, being behind after a minute, and it's almost like, you know, especially even 13 seconds, um, you're left scratch your head thinking, what the hell just happened? And, you know, when, you, you're, when you're not allowed to settle into a game, especially in a cutthroat game, um, and, and, the, and the fact is that, you know, they're playing catch-up from literally minute one. Um, that that has a serious psychological effect on any team that's experienced. Little known a team that you know that is has a number of young players inside, and no, uh, and this is no disrespect to Luis Zavala, but no no sort of real leaders that can sort of you know they've been there and say you know what you know put it out of your mind because when you're one nil down in a knockout game, <laughs> that you got to find two. So, so yeah, so that that in itself, I think so. I think that's what probably put the game plan uh, for the Raw sort of on its heels inside a minute, and then to lose um, a midfielder in Sam Klein after 38 minutes. Uh, yeah, that's plan A, B, and C at the door. Uh, you're now trying to you're trying, now trying to think of okay, how are we going how are we going to do this? So, yeah, in a way, um, they're a victim of circumstance, but I think when I say it's victim. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's a case of when you're trying to play from from uh, play catch up from minute one. <laughs> it it takes it takes a tough team and a tough mental strength to um to sort of come back. I think I think you're right. The way the game went, just all, all the plans that the coaching staff have drawn up, you almost have to throw those out. And I don't think it is a shot at the leadership on the field either for the young raw. Given by their very nature, it's an academy side, so there's yeah. not there's not a lot of Experience, but there's no thirty-something-year-olds out there to mm. guide this team around the park. It's all all players under the age of twenty-three who are learning and growing at them. And yep. you'd have to say a, a semi-final experience like this against a team like Olympic. Okay, it didn't go well for them, but you'd have to say a number of those players that they will learn a lot from this that will help them in their careers, not just in the MPL next year, but potentially if they do progress to the A leagues going forward. This sort of experience will only help them, won't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and, that, and that's like I said, everything's a learning experience, and, uh, and yeah, and you're right, and, you, and you, not only that, you're facing a team that are going to that are, are playing in their fourth straight semi-final as well. So they, they, they've obviously they've proven they're the masters of that yeah you know, of that big game. So yeah, to, to expect, like I said, it just doesn't it, the. It just went all wrong for the Raw from minute one. Um, look, I think on the whole, on isolation, the the way they actually played the game, they weren't that bad. They they weren't that bad. They gave a, they gave um, Olympic a test. It wasn't like they, they rolled over from minute one. They they gave it right till you know right to that third goal, and then obviously after that, it sort of devolved a bit. And, you know, and obviously it's very very hard in the semi final. You're not gonna, you know, what do you do when you're three 0 down with with ten to go? So. So, yeah, so by, by their stance, they play well. I just think, yeah, again, it's moments in a game that has, has you know, cost them. And, yeah, look, I think it's maybe a, a teacher moment for a lot of those players going forward, you know, about, like I said, if they, if they felt like they switched off and they, they got caught, you know, 
they got caught, you know, sort of unawares, you know, having conceded that touch on the ball. You know, that's something maybe that they could be they could be learned. But uh, but yeah, look, I think I, they, I they think, have to take yeah. as a teaching moment, don't they, with the young raw? I mean, and just finally before we hear from the head coach Chris Cross, we've got to talk about the fact that. I think a lot of people were disappointed that Cyrus Demi was not involved in this game today. He did play for the A-League side in their 2-0 win over Adelaide. So he was, I think he played 75 minutes in that game. So it's not like he was an unused sub. He was a he was a starting player and he played serious minutes in that game. So that'll suit, that'll build up for him quite nicely for the professional season coming up. But there's no doubt that whether, the, whether you like the decision or not for him to play in that game at Ipswich, he was missed at Goodwin Park tonight in the, the lack of a focal point in the front third became quite apparent, particularly as the Raw started trying to chase the game, didn't it? Absolutely. That, that's that's to my mind, and the other, that's that probably the other thing what what cost Raw the game. You know, Cyrus Demi, because I say that as well because he was he was instrumental when these two teams uh, met back in September, because of the way that they that he set up where he wasn't being played as a a hold up striker as what is the Brisbane Raw way for a lot of their strikers. He was actually uh, charging through as a number 10 on the attack. And when you got quick players like an Eli Adams and a Keegan Yelch to me inside feeding that, um, rather than rather than him standing there being monster by, you know, literally a monster like a Zach Anderson, um, that just basically just free, freed up the play. So, so they were really missing that. And, um, and yeah, and, and like I said, it was it was Yelchich who ended up playing in that number nine role tonight. But he's not the same type of player as as a Cyrus Demi because Cyrus is a player that you know that will draw attackers because he is that is that powerful. He is that um, he is that that sort of strong on the ball and he's he's got great skills. With that said, um, look, I think also we have to concede that uh, Cyrus Demi's hat trick against Lions last week in the FA Cup probably meant that he was never going to play in the NPL again because I think yeah he is he is seen as a senior player um, a bit a bit like Alex Parsons I think but if you had both of those players playing who have been both eligible that would have been amazing I think they I think their chances go up exponentially but then like I said as has been the mantra for the young raw all season when you have a player that has progressed to the seniors, and that's in the end of the day what this side is all about, about get, preparing the top the top young players for the professional leagues. Um, look, it's the next it's the next player up that stands up. I guess tonight they just felt they felt they took on a team that was probably a little too um too a little bit too experienced and uh, got a few breaks their way. Yeah, it's exactly what the team is there to produce players for the A League side. You mentioned Parsons has also played a big part in this team this year, but Demi would have played a big part tonight, but he. He did play, he did have a great hat-trick last week against times, which we spoke about on the show last week. And I think looking ahead, he'll probably have a big part to play in their season next year in the A-League, which is exactly what you want. It's exactly the advert you want for MPL in Queensland. Now, mm. after the game, we did catch up with the head coach of the Brisbane Royal Academy, Chris Crossman. Let's see what Chris had to say after his size defeat to Olympic in the semi-final. We're talking about the coach of the Royal, Chris Grossman. Chris, uh, 3-0 loss here to Olympic in soon far. Not really the occasion you're looking for. Yeah, not really. I mean, it's disappointing tonight. I think uh, the occasion was was fantastic. I think uh, the turnout's uh, been incredible. I think uh, the final series, I think the last round, I think uh, as an advertisement for football in Queensland, I think, you know, some people say it's getting, getting weaker and... Um, you know, I completely disagree. I think, you know, a lot of our good players are going down south and going down south for a reason because we've got some very good players here in the NPL. And um, I think tonight was another good advertisement for it. I think the only disappointing thing is that uh, uh, a decision which was made uh, for me was incorrect considering some of the decisions we've seen uh, in the previous game. But at the end of the day, uh, that's something that I hope that Football Queensland go back and have a look at because I think it's destroyed a game tonight. Yeah, you mentioned the, the early goal of games after 13 seconds and the red coming way through the first half. Just didn't, just, the big decision just didn't go your way tonight, did they? Yeah, no, they didn't. But I think, you know, it was a very poor start from us and we, we were asleep, which is disappointing. But I think there was probably four opportunities for us to get back on level terms. And, you know, we get one of those and I think all of a sudden the momentum shifts. But, you know, we're, as I said, and I'll go back to it, the, the one moment where, you know, I I think in finals football you have to, you have to understand that it's, it's about the players and the players want to um, be fighting it out on the pitch. Not uh, not be dictated by other things. Yes, they were one 0 up, but 
I think when you go look at the first 15 minutes, I think, you know, it probably could have been 1-1 on, on the chances that we had and all of a sudden it's a different game. But unfortunately tonight it wasn't meant to be. But our boys have had a, had a very, very good year. Um, disappointed it ended that way. But uh, we'll continue to keep building what some great kids coming through and um, I couldn't be prouder of them. Absolutely. Just finally, um, the experience that they would have got from this, playing in a big final, this will do them a whole lot of good going forward. Yeah, it will. It will. I think, uh, um, yeah, scoreline, I think, you know, you look at results and, and even I do at times and, you know, uh, you look at the players we've moved forward this year. It's, it's been fantastic. There's a lot of boys in here that I, I hope will continue to push forward, not just the, this A-League season, but next A-League season as well. Um, I feel for young Sammy Klein, I think it was, it was a tough way to end a very good year. Um, we've got some very good young players coming through. I'm excited uh, to see them, you know, uh, come through and grow next year. Um, and uh, we'll already start planning tomorrow for next season. So we're excited to go again. That was the coach of the Raw there, Chris Crossman. Thank you to Chris and all the coaches took time to speak to us this weekend and over the course of the season. Adam, we'll move on and have a bit of a preview now of the MPL Queensland Grand Final next weekend. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we have seen this matchup once or twice before the first two meetings in the MPL Grand Finals have gone the way of Lions 2-1 in extra time in 2018 and 1-0 last year in the Grand Final. What are your thoughts on this matchup, a third year out of four? Yeah, look, it's easy to say, oh, we've seen this matchup before, but this this Lions Olympic rivalry, uh, it's just yet another chapter in what is probably the best rivalry in Queensland football. Um, yeah, it, it, go, it goes, we go, we go again, basically. And look, I don't, I'm not, I don't know whether it goes down the same sort of, you know, path as before. Um, obviously, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure, um, you know, on Olympic that, you know, to be four-time grand final losers would be just earth-shattering for him. And, and for, I think for Ben Khan and the players that he has had with him for those four campaigns, um, it, it it absolutely shut. I shudder to think what the thought of you know what four grand final losses mean, and I, I I'll guarantee you that they probably won't be thinking that. They're thinking it's time. It's time for that 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 one to end the streak of three. So that. But then again, you got Lions who you know they they this club is born winners. You know they they'll be they'll be buoyed by the fact that you know that they they swept the women senior ranks uh, two weeks ago. Their 18s are through. Um, yeah, like I so said, this will be four out of five. Uh, potentially, they'll be going for, you know, as far as uh, as grand final wins this season. So, but this this rivalry, yeah, I I have no idea at the moment what I think will happen. I personally, I think this this might go to penalties. I think it's just one of those games that you know, I think the fear of losing might be so much that it might be a case of it may cripple it, you know. The, the adventurism to go and win the game. So look, it may it may go penalties, and we have dra- another you know dramatic chapter in this rivalry. But you know, look, bring it on. I love it. I I think the way you phrase it, this is this is with respect to other clubs and other rivalries around the league. This is the preeminent derby rivalry game in Queensland football. It's a I think there's only about ten kilometres separating the two separating the two clubs, and you're right every single time these two clubs meet. It's always a spectacle. And you think back to the two games in particular this year already, Adam. There have been, it has been a three-all draw between Lions SC and Olympic at Lions in the first game, and a one-nil win for the for Lions for Olympic. I beg your pardon. When they met just a month ago, I think back to that first game between the two sides, and it had everything in it, Adam. It was a three-all draw. Lions led two-nil. Olympic came back to two-all. Then it went three-two. Lions and Daniel Leck with a goal late on in the 93rd minute. That's not the game we saw, however, at Goodwin Park a month ago. It was a much tighter, much tenser game, probably much more in line with what you'd expect in the finals. Would you say, Adam, is that we're probably more likely to see a repeat of the second game this year than the first one? Yes, I, th- I think so. I think because that game, again, we, we build it as pretty much um, a finals, not eliminator, but a, sort of a final sealer for, for both teams. That, you know, how the Lions won that game – they probably they probably finish second, potentially. So, um, whereas Olympic win that, that pretty much propelled them into third place to get the shot against the Young Raw, uh, so and and relegate Lions to fourth. Yeah, you know, which we thought would have been the tougher path to go via via the Peninsula, but again they they found a way to to win. So all roads lead the park to Paris. 
I and, I, and, I, and I hope it's a massive crowd similar to the one that we, we experienced tonight. And even, look, I'll even say Friday night was a very, very good crowd for, for a public holiday, fr late Friday night, um, a bit of rain around and whatnot. So even that was a very, very nice crowd. So I think uh, what we're seeing is, you know, hopefully the crowds can come out one more week for you know, what should be a thrilling cider. Hopefully it'll be good weather at Park de Paris on Saturday night. And uh, you know, all roads do lead there, and they'll be heading from the southwest, both of them, actually, probably <laughs> along the same path, so they might cross <laughs> paths on the way to the Grand. In terms of the actual matchup, though, is there any sort of area of the pitch that you're looking at as a key a key battle area? Because, again, I always look at the midfield in matchups like these and looking at the Phil Lasham and Steve White up against Joe Duckworth and Sean Carlos. That's That, to me, is where I think this game will be decided. They won't. I don't think any of those players will necessarily be the players who win the game for their respective teams. But I think whichever one of those midfields gets on top is probably likely to be them for the favourites to go on and win the game. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Look, you're absolutely right that in games like this where the sides on paper are very, very similar, uh, you know, that there's not much between them. Yeah, it's going to be that midfield battle, and that's the four of the best midfielders in, in this league uh, going head-to-head -head in this grand final. And, yeah, whoever gets the advantage there, I think, yeah, helps their side, you know, get a crucial advantage. I think, I think as as with all things, uh, I think the first goal is, is going to be crucial, especially if Olympic get ahead. Um, I think because I think they've got the defence to be able to lock down and yeah uh, and be happy to take a one nil win. So I, I'm not saying they'll do they'll they'll have the better part of 90 minutes to to defend a one nil lead, but uh, but certainly I think they're a side that's capable of be able to to hold on to a lead if they get in first. On the other hand, if if Lions um if Lions to go get get on the board first, they're certainly capable of going two or three goals very very quickly ahead. So. It's uh, there's so many different um, I guess you know views and angles you can look at this game. Uh, I think when you look at that in a whole, I just think we're in for a big big Saturday night. Absolutely, I think if Olympic do get the first goal, it's certainly shown they've got the ability to grind out a result against anyone's, including against the Lions. As I mentioned Lions have 45 minutes to get that a goal back at at Goodwin Park a month ago, and they were not able to create anything more than half opportunities. I'm sure they will have learned from that, but. If Lions were to score the first goal, do you think that's where the three previous grand final defeats might start to enter the mind of the Olympic players? Not necessarily straight away, but if Lions take the lead and the time starts ticking away, do you think that might be the moment where that all that grand final heartache starts to potentially pop up once again? Uh, look, potentially, potentially it could, um, especially if it's late in the game. Um, if if the goals, if the first goal is conceded, you know, by by Olympic hypothetically, say at about the 25th minute, I still think you have time to go back, you know, go back and um, and you know and regroup at half time and come out strong in the second half. If it were to happen, say in the 70th minute. Uh, look, I, I, I'd hazard to guess that you know, potentially you're looking at game over. And, game, and as I said just before, with Lions, they have the ability to, if they were to get one ahead, and that 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 sort of you know creep of doubt starts you know entering, it could be two, three, four nil in 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 a, in a flash. So and that that probably doesn't do, would not do justice for this game because I don't I don't think that. Either team possesses enough weaponry, or you know, enough sort of you know, there's not enough big enough golf in the abilities of these two teams where a four nil result would be justified. It would be flattering either way you look at it. Absolutely. Now I'm going to go down the the wuss bet path here, Adam, and so I, I'm going to bet that both teams will have a great time on Saturday night. Now you're much more of a betting man than I am. Have you got any any feeling of the way this game's going to go, or you're not you're not really sure yet? Uh, if I have to make a choice right now. I'm I'm th I'm thinking Olympic. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that they if they can they like said if it comes down to the day defensively could be the key to it all. I think if they if they were to win the midfield battle and then get that get that go ahead goal, I think they've got defence that could you know that could lock down the game and grind it out. Uh, and like I said we did see that play out a few weeks ago. Um, you know at at Goodwin Park. You know, different different occasion, different sort of parameters. You know, that could change things. But if yeah, if I had to make a choice right now, I'd be saying Olympic. But I guarantee you, I'll change my mind 27 times before kickoff on next Sunday. 
I will say I think this is going to go to extra time. I think both sides, if you looked at it, we were there after the game on both. They were both very much, very quickly putting this result aside and focusing on the game next weekend. So I think that's a good sign that both of them are not done yet and they have eyes firmly on the matchup next weekend. It should be a fantastic grand final. We'll recap it all next weekend on our season finale of the Brisbane Football Reviews MPL Sunday show. Now, before we wrap up for the weekend, Adam, we have to mention briefly, congratulations to Surface Paradise Apollo, 8-2 winners of a Bayside. They will be in FQPL 2 next year. I think when we saw this playoff, we both thought that Surface were the favourite and they've come through quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I think that they, in in the playoff group, they they were probably the the best team. And look, it's going to be very interesting next season how they go. Um, look, we 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 know for we've known for a while. So for the Paradise Apollo, probably probably one of the better Gold Coast Premier League sides that probably don't get the plaudits. We only see them around uh, FA Cup qualifier time when they're perennially getting deep into the into the um, the qualifier stages here in Queensland. Even made it through to the national rounds a few years ago. So. Um, certainly, you know, in FQPL too, I think that they're a club to watch, you know, as far as going straight up, you know, you know, into the promotion places. They may very well be. Congratulations to Alex Morrison and his side down there on the Gold Coast. They'll be in FQPL too next year. The Derby's against Coomer and, Gold, and, and Magic. So a couple of good local matchups there for them to look forward to as they leave the Gold Coast Premier League. We'll move on, Adam, now to our performance week. And I think you've got something up your sleeve, have you? I do. Um, Formula of the week, I think it's, it's more than one. It's actually a couple of thousand that uh, showed up at Goodwin Park uh, this afternoon. Um, the probably the most attended under the twenty threes game that I've that we've seen. But uh, yeah, look, uh, especially given the a bit of controversy online about FQ's decision to move the game. To, well, to keep the game, I say, under the rules at Goodwin Park rather than sort of and denying Brisbane Royals' request to move it ahead ahead or, you know, to North North Hips Choval in line with the uh, with the, the uh, A-League friendly that was there this afternoon. Um, look, I think it paid dividends, you know, because it was a great crowd from about 3.30. And look, I'd, had, I'd almost have to say there was probably more people at Goodwin Park that were at which shows the power of the local game at the moment. So congratulations to everyone that showed up. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that before I go to my performance week. That's the most full I've seen Goodwin Park in a very long time, probably right back to maybe even more than the Brisbane City game last year. But it's certainly the most full I've seen it for an under-23 game. So normally we get there midway through the first half and the, the grandstand's about a third of the way full. Not, not today. It was already full and people we're sitting on the concrete. So it was a packed house there at Goodwin Park, and it's a great shout. I'll go much more conventional than you did. I'll say Ethan Doherty. I thought he was the standout player of both semifinals, and he'll have a big role to play in the grand final if Lions is to go back-to-back next weekend. That'll do it for this edition of the Brisbane Footballers MPL. So thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Absolutely. Now, as I mentioned, we'll be back next weekend to recap the 2021 MPL grand final between Olympic FC and Lions FC. We'll talk to you again next weekend.